0: Welcome to another episode of the Dentology podcast where we discuss the business of dentistry. In this podcast series we'll be discussing all the non-clinical aspects of dentistry from goodwill values, finance, marketing, how to buy and sell a dental practice mindset through to where you can invest your money in team management issues. My name is Andy Acton and I'm joined by my co-host Chris Strevens. Let's jump straight into it. What remarkable experience and depth of experience Lisa has.
1: Ah, really interesting. Really interesting. Uh, you know, uh, we've known her for a while and we yeah. talked to her and stuff like that. But it's another one, isn't it? You don't really know a lot about the history. We know her as we know mm. her. But that history of the GP thing and how she got into it and uh, fascinating. Yeah. A lot of people could learn stuff of how to communicate with people.
0: And also, it's a real learnt experience. Mm. She's she's a real been there, done it mm. type person. Um but yeah, I thought it was the two things that stood out for me was what she had to say about um, dental awards mm-hmm. and how valuable they, <laughs> they are and, be and useful. that interesting yeah, yeah, take yeah. on how they get used. I think people would enjoy that piece. Um, but also that, that that mad thing with the SAS Yeah, case.
1: I was going to say, if anyone's just listening, you have to wait for the SAS bit. Cause I mean, that's just, quite interesting.
0: I'd say just remarkable how... Um, and it just goes to show, doesn't it, that people are people and you can learn things from from everybody everybody
1: in different situations. Yeah, definitely. That no, was a cracking. That no, was really good really, good really, really good, really, really good. Really, really good lesson. Some good lessons
0: in there. Here we are again, mate. How are you doing?
1: Oh, Very good, very good indeed. Looking forward to this one. So nice, so Should be fun, should be fun, so entertaining. We
0: Today we're joined by Lisa Benham. Uh, Lisa is a practice and business development manager for over 24 years. Can you believe it?
1: She must have started when she was about eight. Exactly,
0: exactly. <laughs> She's also the president of the Practice Managers Association, ADAM, and we'll come to this at the end, but she says she hangs out with ex-SAS soldiers.
1: Better not upset her.
0: Which is just the coolest thing ever. I know people, and I know yeah.
1: Honestly, I think people
0: are going to want to stay tuned in just to yeah. hear what that's all about. Yeah,
1: even if just, so we'll leave it right at the end. Yeah, exactly. So as you've got to listen to the rest of it, yeah, just exactly. in case you just want to buzz in and buzz out. a real trailer <laughs> out. out, isn't it? Yeah. So,
0: hi, Elisa, how are you doing?
2: Really well, thank you. Yeah, good. pleasure to be here. Good,
0: good. So, just to kick things off, you got into dentistry through qualifying as a dental nurse, but I understand you found the clinical side all a bit gross. <coughs> is that right?
3: Yeah.
0: To be not blunt, not to not be blunt. not um, not great if you're a dental nurse. So, what, why did you choose dentistry? What was it that, that piqued your interest?
2: It just it really appealed to me. I mean, most people that I know that have come in, especially from a DCP level, um, haven't had like a, a, a excuse me a childhood um, dream to become a dental nurse generally. Um, but it was <laughs> something when I was deciding what to do at a careers event. You know, I thought, oh actually really interested to know that side of things so i kind of did it despite all my teachers wanted me to go on and do a levels and things like that but i was a bit stubborn um and wanted to get into more of a workplace situation than an Mm -hmm. education really um little did i know that you know it would be the really you know a really good path for me to take but yeah i qualified um after about Two, two three years and um after training at Stafford Hospital um and just thought it's it's all right it's interesting but I didn't enjoy the clinical side and um, mm. particularly so found myself wanting to hang out on the desk more and no. you know asking about practice managers and what's this and can I do that so I've, I suppose I've always been sort of inquisitive as to how things run mm. um so that kind of led me to kind of explore that side of it more than the clinical dentistry side right
0: Right, yeah
1: avoiding blood exactly exactly
0: and but then you actually stepped away from dentistry for a bit and and worked in a gp surgery is that right
2: yeah that took a little turn and that i wasn't you know particularly planning but i wanted to get into some experience with um more on the practice manager side because you know Mm -hmm. it it, you know 18 i was cocky (laughs) thought I could do anything um so I actually accepted a position while I was looking for a dental job and um, I offered to cover maternity leave at GP surgery quite right. close to home so yeah that was and the the practice this was at a time when the GP surgeries kind of kind of pushed aside the practice managers and brought in bank managers to actually mm. run the business as a business right. instead of the you know the nice village GP practice type of situation yeah. so I got to know the business side but there was also a practice manager side um, this guy who um, started me off he loved it because he just gave me all his work to do and he <laughs> was like ah, you crack on with that so quite soon I was actually doing so much um, but It was all about timing, I think, really, because at the point um, the building that I'm actually in now, the the old surgery, um, you'll get where I'm going with this from that, I'm sure. Um, We were a lovely GP practice, but they were building a huge, fancy medical centre, massive. Mm -hmm. It got everything in it. um, Just just literally five minutes away, Um, and they wanted somebody, you know. And I try not to stereotype people here, but imagine about 15 part-time receptionists that did a few hours a day yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah and we literally stopped at three o'clock did the shutters turn the phones off for sherry break
1: oh Not wow, Not okay. okay
2: wow. it was great yeah it was great
1: wow <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's kind of where a lot of doctor's practices were lacking, kind of 96, 95, 96. Perhaps
1: it needs to be reintroduced. Perhaps cherry that breaks. might help the GP practices now, the yeah, old cherry, cherry break.
2: <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> all the stories, honestly? but yeah, so we, we built this huge mega medical centre, but, of course, we'd got all the reception team. It wasn't digital. You know, there was no computers. Mm-hmm. It was all done in a book. There was nothing technical about it at all. So we were going to this, you know, complete contrast, So, the business manager and even the practice manager, who are absolutely lovely, thought, How the hell are we making this transition? Mm -hmm. And then I'm going, (laughs) Mm. I'd do it. (laughs) So, I helped with the transition over to the GP practice um, and ended up staying longer than the maternity leave because they kind of, I think they, I I hoped, you know, I like to think that they saw potential. Mm -hmm. See what I was doing. Um, I was probably a bit of a mug, but I was fine. I was getting the experience. Um, so yeah, I really started in. It's not massively different from the business side because you know, you've got contracts and you've got um, you know, you've got that contact with the NHS and things like that. So then we were wanting to rent out the old building, and along came a dentist um who'd moved from Birmingham and was chatting to the business manager and he happened to say, oh, one of my girls actually was a dental nurse. Um, but if you're looking for a practice manager, she might be worth talking to. Um, oh, well. So I was a bit offended that he might want to get rid of me. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, I don't, but I know this is a good opportunity for you. That's good. So, good. Yeah. So I spoke and to him And he Steve got rid of the competition
1: and I, as well. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I spoke to Steve Lomas and said, you know, I agreed. There was We didn't have any patients. Um, it was me, him, and a nurse. And I said to my business manager at the time, I said, look, I'll go. I'll do it for you. But if I don't like it, I'm coming back. And actually, yeah, 24 years later, I'm still threatening to go back. <laughs> so, I'm gonna have a day. So, so just
0: in terms of the geography, Lisa, then, so... The building you're in, the old surgery dental practice where you were with Steve still now, that was where you worked in the GP practice. You then moved to the new site, and you then went back to where you are now, which was an empty building, which was the start of a dental practice. Yeah. Wow.
1: It's like a homecoming.
0: Wow, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, you started there. You you moved up the business onto another area, and then came back.
1: What's that thing, karma?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You but you, you you were saying in your your kind of explanation about kind of gps and and being similar with with nhs contracts but commercially is there a a significant difference because whilst lots of dental practices have an nhs component we know that they're you know independent practices in their own right whereas obviously gps they don't own their own goodwill they're just delivering services purely for the nhs was there a difference in kind of mindset and attitude between the gps and dentists
2: It, it was quite different to be honest um I struggled. I think my, my time there from a patient experience point of view made me, it, it kind of enabled me to know what I didn't want from a customer service point of view for mm-hmm. our patients. Because again, without stereotyping, you know, you've got that doctor's receptionist type vibe it's mm-hmm. quite common, unfortunately. Um, and the mindset in a GP practice is quite often these patients should be grateful to come and see us, whereas
3: mm. then mm. when
2: we're looking at you know an NHS dental practice, which actually for the first five years we we had to help um, to set up the practice with the condition, we stayed within the NHS for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but even still, it was a completely different ball game from you know a business point of view. Um, so yeah, that that was very very different and we actually you have to change your mindset to go we're grateful that these patients are choosing us
3: Mm. and then
2: obviously that sets you up for when you then do your five years and go private Mm. Um, so yeah the the mindset and I still see it I still see it today you know the mindset Mm. of very very NHS practices not not in all of them but You know, quite often when we take a new team member on that's come from a very NHS practice, there is this vibe quite often of patients, well, they should be grateful we can get them in. Whereas, obviously, as we know private, Hmm. you know, we're very grateful that these patients choose us. Interesting, isn't it? That's an interesting difference. I suppose you're
1: right, isn't it? If If you're NHS and people will come through the doors, you sort of almost like a... They just become a commodity if you're not careful Mm. and not people.
0: And I guess when you get to a size that you are where you have a team of people, any new member joining that team, I think teams often work like tribes. So they behave in a particular way. So when somebody new comes into it, they just adopt the behaviors of that tribe. So arguably, I know the world's Mm. slightly different now, it's easier than it was. But at the beginning, when you first started and there was just you, you know, Steve and, and one other, trying to get that culture from the very beginning, get people to to understand that we're here to serve, you know, we don't have a right to exist. That must have been quite challenging in the early days.
2: I think as we built it up and we'd got these, me and Steve, i would never admit it, but, you know, we hit it off straight away. Um, And we had the same, his clinical standards and my patient Mm. journey, because we didn't call it patient journey then. We called it, you know, customer service then. Mm. Um, My, My vibes on that and his really aligned with what he wanted to do and it was just Mm. really good general dentistry. Mm. You know, yes, what to come was on a different level, but at that point it was just delivering really, really good NHS dentistry.
1: Out of of interest, Lisa, the nurse, was she a qualified nurse or someone you trained to be a nurse and did she come with some hang-ups that you had to iron out?
2: Uh, No, she was, um, she came as a qualified nurse. She'd been doing it a few years. You know, Steve needed someone that, you know, knew what they were doing. Um, Although the whole thing for us was a learning curve. But I think from that very start, every time we took on a new team member, I suppose we always had this, is it the right fit? It was never, we I mean we got accused once of when we when we started to take on more people and took on a couple of trainees and the training provider um said to me, um, your problem is that your standards are too high and you expect too much. <laughs> That's not your problem. And I just went, Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely problem to have. Yeah. I yeah. said I don't say it's a cardiologist, do
2: they? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? yeah so it was it was just building it up but I think we've always stayed really true to what we set out to do and we did we did stay n h s until two thousand and three and then we became um a practice plan practice um and that just took off that took off very the conversion because we'd provided such a great service the conversion mm, yeah. was very very easy, very few drop-offs. Um, so we were really happy with that. And we just built on that, you know, we, each year really um, and kept those standards in sight that we wanted to maintain.
3: Mm.
0: Fabulous, fabulous. You So obviously now you're on the practice management side of things and practice management is one of these kind of all-encompassing terms that ranges from, you know, <laughs> people management, training, strategic planning, financial control, marketing, sales. It's a real mixed bag. What was the, the element of practice management that you really got drawn to? What was it that interested you or still does interest you?
2: I suppose it's yeah, I, I can be I'm the boss, I'm in charge doing no it's not. Um
0: You're a control I freak.
2: Don't know. It was um I think it was just it was it was just learn being able to learn all of those uh, those things, mm, you know. Mm. Um like you say, you know, a bit of the marketing, some of the accountancy, some of the HR, all of these things actually makes your life pretty, mm. ex- your job pretty exciting, to be honest, and varied. Um, when you start getting a big team, that's when you go, oh my God, what for I done? Mm. Um, but it's a nice problem to have, I suppose. But yeah, practice managers, I suppose in the early days when, you know, bearing in mind I was like nineteen twenty. um... It was quite good because Steve didn't know what he was doing either. Mm. Um, But I think as long as you've got the right, like I say, the vision and the morals and the drive, you can actually, (coughs) excuse me, sorry, I am recovering from COVID again. Um, You can have that drive to the position will be as much as you allow it to be. And it does, in my opinion, come from the relationship
3: with mm, yeah.
2: a practice manager and an owner and one of the things I do with the clients that I look after now and support I try and get that relationship as healthy as I can and then everything's pretty easy mm, mm. to be perfectly honest and we work out boundaries and what people are comfortable with letting them do and what they can do to make the dentist's life easy and it's just getting that relationship um, because you have to be on the same page you know there's no room for discrepancies, I mean, me and Steve have a little argue about stuff, but I generally win. <laughs> um, of course, of course. But no, we're a good balance. We're, we're, we're a really good balance. Um, but you, know, you need just, that, though,
1: don't you? I was
0: going to say, in a good relationship, you should be able to have disagreements where you're both pushing because hmm. you believe you've got a better idea, and, and then you come to a kind of decision. That, and I think those those sorts of conversations, weirdly, are easier in good relationships. Because otherwise, it just it's like it's nibbling and petty and biting and arguing. Yeah. Whereas if you respect one another and there's that, that real trust, you can have those conversations because you both genuinely think yeah. you've got a better idea. Or it's
1: Emperor's new clothes. Yeah, that, yeah
0: exactly.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I, I read um, a few months ago. I read a book called Radical Candor, and we don't have to be radical. You can just be, you know, use candor in a healthy yeah. way, mm. you know, and as long as you both know it's coming from the right place, actually, mm. you can. Tell each other off or disagree, mm. you know, um, and we both know, and we'll we can talk about that a bit later with the SAS thing. But we both know that we come at things from two different angles, mm. but with mm. the same goal. Mm. But it's so,
0: power, but it's empowering that as well, isn't
1: it? The understanding is the most important thing, isn't the fact of? Well, you know, we we've done it with our team. Uh, I remember one guy we had, and you know, we were talked to him in a certain way, and and he would always nod. And then when we sort of realized that actually he just doesn't get what we're talking about because he's wired differently. And once we sorted that out, it was so much better because mm-hmm. we realized that we might as well have been talking Japanese or something because yeah. he would just nod, but he just wouldn't get it because it wasn't, it wasn't phrased or presented no. in the way that his brain worked on it. So it is fascinating, but you, but you can only do that if you know the people that you're working with. Yeah. 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 And clients, but the bed yeah. <laughs> but the
0: bedrock is what you said: it's relationships, yeah. a, a, and that kind of is everything, isn't
2: it? Yeah, the, you know, the, the team want to see that they're being led. You know, mm. I know, you know, the CQC and everyone's well led. Everyone yeah. should be well led. But actually, that was before CQC come up with that. You know, mm. um, that Chloe. Um, you know, being well led breeds a really nice, healthy culture, and we've always we've always had most of our team are what we call our lifers, you know, they're mm. with us forever. Um, in fact, you know, I'd say probably about 60% of my team have been over, over sort of 10, 15, 20 years. Says and a lot
0: about the business. Say that, that speaks volumes about the culture because people don't stick around if it's crap. For No. Sure. If it's not much fun a, and it's not a good environment, they'll go.
2: Oh, 100%. Mm. You know, I mean, we've all, you know, listened to loads of webinars about recruitment and retaining staff and things, yeah. but... Um, you know, a lot of people are doing it a little bit too late. You know, they've already Mm. gone. (laughs) It's like, um, you know, they've already what's that phrase? They've left, you know, good shutting the door once the horse has left. Oh, yeah, the horse has bolted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can learn from it and you should learn from it, Mm. but generally, you know, treat your team so that they don't really look elsewhere. And we've Mm. always had a very, very set pathway for the team to grow, and there's staff that have come and we've encourage them to do more of what they want to do to the point where because we don't have people leave <laughs> sometimes you get nurses or reception team that come up to that ceiling and unless one of us pops off um, that's kind of it but we do try in our practice to make sure everybody has their own sense of um, belonging and mm. they know that they actually make a big difference in whatever mm. you know part of the business I mean my, my job is I wouldn't say it's easy, but I'd say I've got four or five team members who could walk into a practice and manage a practice oh, easily, yeah. because that's how I brought them on, and I've never been discouraging for the sake of well, that's my job, or it's like mm. you want to do that, brilliant, yeah. just like my business manager did to me. Mm. Yeah, you no, know, it's 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 good. It shows
1: it is a skill though isn't it that bit because the danger is you end up what is it you you delegate or abdicate and I think the problem is sometimes people think they're brilliant delegators but actually they're fantastic abdicators and all they do is just give people stuff and then watch them fail and then kick them for failing and it's like well hang on a minute no one ever told me how to do this yeah (laughs) so I think it's a real skill to be able to do that
2: I think so and it's it's kind of not just giving them the job and abandoning them it's kind of getting them involved in it yeah. rather than kind of go okay you can deal with this crap you know mm. um and a lot of i always say to the clients i go out to you know we have a monthly meeting but my clinical team and my reception team they kind of manage themselves mm. because we've set the kpis and i won't bore everybody with all of that but we set the kpis and we set the boundaries and we set the expectations yeah. and actually they'll come to me with a solution and kind of go, oh, do you know what? The um, mm. the conversion rates was down a few percent last month. But actually, it's because of X, Y, and Z. Mm. And we've put this in place to make sure it it's better next month. Mm. So they manage themselves, you know, mm. which
1: is what it should be we used to have in a bank didn't we we used to try and foster a thing called uh, exception reporting so it was the fact of you know this is this is your parameters this is your job and basically don't want to know anything about it until it goes outside of that because i don't really need to continually keep managing you so we just say it's exception reporting and we we bring it here in the fact of we just say no surprises we say you know if you've got something tell us about it don't just suddenly present it to <laughs> because we would much prefer you to, to let us know because we might be able to help you before it gets to that point where we've got mm. a problem. Uh, yeah. So no surprises yeah. for us.
2: It's, it's not it's not difficult if you think about it like that, is it? But it, the reality is it doesn't happen in mm. a lot of practices, unfortunately.
1: And and
0: also your your 25 years of experience. So for you, it it, it sounds very straightforward, but you've you've built this team Mm. you've developed them you've developed over that period of time and i know you know you alluded to it but one of the things that you offer to other practices use your practice management matter service to support other practice managers as a general broad brush feel what what is the general standard of, of of practice management um based on your experience across the country in dental practices
2: it it really does vary, um, you know. There's especially over the last sort of couple of years. And when I was talking to Chris, I um, can't remember which show it was. XL was it? it might have been yeah, Excel. it was. Yeah. So many. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of practice managers um, come from external industries. So a lot of you know it's the right people. They've got management experience, leadership experience, all those things, um, <clears throat> but they've not got the um, as one of my clients put it, the de- she's not got the dental peculiarities. I'm <laughs> like, that's really great. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Um, and, you know, it's it's mentoring and helping them, but it can be anything from, um, you know, what is an NHS contract? What is the patient mm. journey? What is the business side? I think, you know, all these things. Um, mm. And then there's actually also training people to pick the phone up correctly yeah yep. you know there's managers unfortunately that are still trying to do reception and trying to nurse and do the practice management at the same time but it's a real contrast from very basic through to mm. the business development mm. side and it's huge
0: out of interest to the people that you've seen join the profession that have kind of practice management experience it might be from the hospitality industry or other industries do those people pick up the dental bit quite quickly and go on to be better practice managers or is it quite challenging for them to adopt those dental nuances when they've come from sectors outside of dentistry?
2: Um, A a little bit of a mixture I suppose really I mean trying to teach somebody how to be a good leader um, is hard Mm -hmm. because I do think that 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 isn't just something you watch a webinar about. And, oh, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and that's got to come from personality, yeah. and that kind of thing as well. Um, some, some are fine. Some, if they've got some of those traits, that's brilliant. Um, the dental bit's not that difficult. Um, you know, I, I <clears throat> kind of do like a development program with them and kind of fill in all the gaps of, okay, this is what this mm-hmm. is. The thing that they seem to come more panicked about and more unstuck with is things like compliance. <clears throat> but for me, compliance isn't really the core practice manager's role. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But now I have to pull myself back and go, okay, so I don't have to do compliance and mm. I don't have to do this and I don't have to do that. But this is what most practice managers do. So mm. whether it's rotors, holidays, um, all sorts of things like that the the panics that they have are the things that actually they should be outsourcing i outsource
1: yeah. to They're processes um, aren't they you know that's it they're, they're, a lot yeah. of them are just processes it's not the uh, you know and making sure that it's done not you doing it i think that you're dead right in the fact of <laughs> what you've got to encapsulate is not the doing bit but the bits that you've got to teach them that are the hard bits to teach <laughs> to teach them
2: yeah Yeah, and it is a real, it is a complete mix. But um, yeah, it's good. I mean, you know, I'm grateful to the practices who recognise that their practice manager may need some support. So they get me on board to be their mentor. Mm.
1: Do you find, um, Lisa? Do you find there's some of you just can't, you know, like our. are not are unteachable, would that be the right word? Beyond help, you know, there's are there Chris some is being,
0: Chris is being very polite. Beyond help,
1: are there some people that you go and go, No, that's it? I'm not, I, I, there's no way, <laughs> there's no yeah. way.
2: Um, I mean, hopefully, I don't I choose not to work with those clients, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if their ways are not in line with mine, um, I'm not saying mine are perfect, I'm 100% right, but um, I sometimes your ways. Get asked it's, diff- it's different mindset and different culture, and mm. it's a, it's mm. very different up and down the country. Mm. So I've had clients who have come to me and said, okay, what I need is decent systems putting in place for reception, for KPIs, for um, <clears throat> meetings, for all these different I want you to put every system in that you can think of. And I said, well, okay, so you've got a high turnover of staff. Um, Yes. And I said, well, you know, why is that? And, you know, I'm going to kick myself now, but their their reasoning is that I've got my standards too high and nobody's good enough. Right. Which isn't the way I was obviously meaning it when I spoke about it before. But they ha- they want to concentrate on the systems because people are going and not stopping. So, so they're relying. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they, <laughs> and- if they manage to keep the people on board, then the systems and processes would that would be not not the issue that it is, but you've got to have the system and process because the turnover's so great. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it?
2: It's well, I I walk yeah, I have to, I walk away at that point because for me they need to recognise or I refer them to Mark Topley actually, that, you know, oh, oh, on his yeah. good boss course. So yeah. <laughs> um, come back to me after that if you want to, but yeah, I, I, this. You know, for me, the team are our biggest asset. Mm. You know, but, but, but for anybody,
0: you, you'd appreciate this, and, and anybody who's in business would understand that 80% of all the things that we would deal with as a business leader are people-related. It's, it's, it's most of our job is, is working with people because if you get the people aligned and the people doing the right sort of job, everything else just falls into place. Mm, yeah. So if you're 100%. obsessing about systems and processes and you're neglecting your people, you just you're walking into a fire, you know. It's 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 the wrong end of you know the business to be.
2: Yeah, if if they're not willing to change, if it's not working, you know, bringing a coach in or you know uh, putting systems in place is not going to change your thing. No, no, absolutely. From, mm. Yeah, well, like, you saying, about, like, like you were like like
0: you just saying about compliance. You know, you just outsource it. There's some yeah you know, one thing that dentistry is fabulous for is there are amazing support services out there. Mm. There's loads of people that have. Bespoke services to support dentists on the business side of things so you can outsource that you, you don't need to stress it's, it's, about that it's you know there's somebody who can do that it's quite side.
1: interesting isn't it when we talk to people growing their practices and we sort of say to them you know what you really need to do is to stop doing this all yourself actually engage someone who really whether it's be someone in your team or someone new to to be able to en- enable you to drive the business forward but it is going to cost you money. <laughs> um, it's, it's a cost that you've got to incur before you get to the end result. But quite often they'll go, oh, no, I don't want to spend that amount of money.
2: <laughs> and it's, it's you know, considering that, you know, you guys are the experts here, but, you know, when you look at people's hourly rates and things, you're kind of like, that's like one hour a month of your earning time. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, this is the thing. It's I did an article last week and I was having another little rant about, people not outsourcing, because I said, I quite often I'll go onto um, a forum, a Facebook forum, and I don't comment very often because I don't like getting drawn into these things. Um, but, you know, you'll get someone asking for a, you know, my bugbear is, has anybody got, you know, a fire risk assessment template, Hun <laughs> type hmm. of situation? Yeah. And I don't mean to be condescending there. because you know, these practice managers are going on looking for genuine support. Mm. And it makes me want to sometimes go on to the dentist, one of the dentist forums and go, right, own up. Who is this practice manager? Who do, who do they belong to? Mm. Get them some bloody help. Mm. You know, She's there touting for risk assessments and, you know, legal things or contracts. And I'm going, this is scary. Mm. And I know, you know, if it's an affordability thing, maybe... I don't think it is in a lot of the cases. I think it's a, a lack of understanding of how important mm. it is and actually how it can grow your yeah. business. So my, my view is, you know, I didn't go to university to learn how to be an accountant, to do marketing, to be a lawyer. And dentists, you know, quite often are sometimes expecting practice managers to be all of them mm. things. Mm. Mm.
0: But also and I think you can only reasonably expect to be paid the pay rate for the job you're doing in that moment in time. So if you're somebody who is, you know, um, tidying up the practice at the end of the day, um, whereas you could employ a cleaner, in that moment, you can only reasonably expect to be paid the same pay rate as a cleaner. And going back to that point about a dentist, if a dentist is doing anything other than dentistry, they can't reasonably expect to earn £250, £300 an hour. So like you say, if you convert their time back into surgery time, Buying in compliance, as opposed to it being done kind of behind the scenes on a, on an ad hoc basis, just makes it actually makes good financial sense as well as freeing the, the individual up to do the bit they're really good at as well.
2: Well, hundred hundred percent. I mean, you know, I, I I don't enjoy compliance, but you know, as as the CQ as it all started to become a lot. Um, you know, my view was, you know, completely respect CQC. I think it's a great thing and it keeps everybody safe and happy. And um, there's, you know, it's it's that standardization scenario. But I know that I wasn't, my time spent doing compliance wasn't growing the business. Now, I know that we can't do the business without the compliance. But if you're getting your compliance done, like, you know, getting an outsourced company to support you know a few of the nurses that take on that responsibility and you know you can overview it but if the audits and all of that is done by other people you know the practice manager's time as you said the dentist time is best in surgery the practice managers time is best at developing and growing the business yeah so it actually shows on the bank balance mm, mm. um i i just don't understand the misuse of
3: People
0: within the teams mm. who are very capable sometimes. Mm. Mm. One of the, the byproducts yeah. <laughs> of the capabilities. That's yeah. the problem. one of the asked. byproducts of of you being good at your job and and helping the guys manage a good business is winning awards. And the, uh, also, your dental practice over the years, you won many awards, which is which is lovely. And Chris and I were at the private dentistry awards just last week, sort of celebrating with other people winning awards. Um, <laughs> On the face of it, you stand up, you get your plaque, you wave it around. it is everyone's a good. It's a good feeling. For somebody that's been in a practice that's won many awards over the years, you know, from a kind of team patient PR point of view, what are kind of the layers of of why awards are important in dentistry from your point of view?
2: Um, well, it's always it's always a little bit of a you know it's it's a subject that divide uh, divides the. Mm you know, the industry a little bit, isn't it? You know, yeah. um can get quite volatile on Facebook sometimes. Can. And just, you know, and for us, we, we wanted to do it as a marketing strategy. We'd become, you know, um, a private practice, you know, and built as a private practice. And, you know, you can't sit still. We see people in the area that are catching on to mm-hmm. actually, you know, we need to do bigger and better things and offer more. Um, so I suppose we kind of, Went into the awards initially as kind of setting us apart. You know, we're not saying we're the best practice UK. Um, we're not saying we provide the best customer care UK. What we're saying is we've been recognised for that. Mm. Um, so, from a team point of view, I mean, it's helped so much with rec- recruitment over the years. You know, mm, it's interesting. people interesting, want to work yeah. in award winning practice. That's true, um, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. It, yeah. it is, you know, no matter what that might mean to people, you know for that alone, it's been fantastic. Patients do like it. We only ever really entered categories such as best patient care, best team, um, and things like, we did an employer one. Um, and actually it was really, we laughed about this the other day because um, on one night we ended up getting full on one occasion.
1: This is greedy. Um, <laughs>
2: and Well, we didn't expect to get anything. So we'd actually got a bit drunk believe it or not <laughs>
3: um,
2: and we were the, the way they were they'd been in order we actually got up one after another and it was like oh. Oh goodness, this is we're getting up again and wow. anyway yeah we had a lot of celebrations that night um slightly embarrassing that actually we came home with no awards because we actually lost oh
0: them. excellent <laughs> that was that was a big night
2: bit embarrassing having to ring up um and say um, could I order another one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Did anyone hand in? <laughs> well, they, were
2: quite, they were like, Well, you've obviously celebrated in style, so you know, that's absolutely fine. So yeah, um the awards have been fantastic for us, you know, um, and individual team members, hygienists and things like that. And um, we've not done them for quite a few years, um, because I'm actually a judge for them now. So it's quite <laughs> it's a bit, a bit look
1: a bit odd, wouldn't it? Really? Yes. I'm just wondering about the four people who've got those awards you left. Exactly, yes. Someone
0: sitting, got one at home. Sitting on a mantelpiece <laughs> somewhere. It must be in the toilet, someone's yeah, toilet. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Oscar or whatever. I mean, it's interesting yeah. the point you make, particularly because of the, the, the ongoing recruitment issues in dentistry. I hadn't thought about no. people wanting to work in practices um, that are award-winning. Yeah. So from a a recruitment point of view it gives you an yeah. edge over some other practices because it like you say, i know it divides the profession in many ways but it is a that kind of external view that someone's kind of giving you a mm. a, a tick um which is which is great
1: mm. that's yeah. interesting yeah it is interesting Yeah
0: yeah
2: i think it's and and being a judge um it's i know i know that the way i do my judging um is You sometimes think oh it's quite difficult because there's so many good entries there's so Mm. many fantastic Mm. people and you kind of want to give it to as many as you can um but they get the recognition and actually do you know what people need to you know just see it for what it is and see it as a little celebration um you know people don't win according to how many seats are sold you know mm. um although I, I, I was supposed to go on friday and i just i've not been feeling great so i kind of thought right i'll swerve that one because i know it would have been lively um <laughs> it wasn't it's never a,
0: it's never a short night and lively then, and that's be, a lovely there, note
2: exactly exactly um and you do sometimes get a little bit accosted um as to why someone hasn't won yeah um I Which I understand it. because you know it's great that they're passionate about their practice. Everyone wants to feel that the practice is the best, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's yeah. The I I like the awards. Um, the dentistry. I think it's Leicester. Leicester in a couple of weeks.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah, that's the yeah. dentistry one, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I think we that. that I weeks. think that takes lively to a whole new level. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yes. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, I remember we went back to. <laughs> um we couldn't work out why we couldn't get in our rooms um one night after the leicester awards and realize we'd got the right room number but the wrong hotel
1: ah impressive impressive
2: this was a a few years ago i'm very sensible these days Imagine if you
1: got in.
0: I was going to say, there's some, there's some form, isn't there? From different, different award
1: nights. Just handing out your room key. (laughs) Uh, Do
2: you know know what? It's so nice to see all the, you know, the industry, you know, not all the industry, but a lot of the industry come together, have a good dance, embarrass themselves a little bit, and actually just, just, you know, enjoy yourself. Yeah. I think they are.
0: I think as, as evenings, they are uplifting, and I think it shows. For, for me, it's a really good barometer for the health of the profession. Yeah. There's a lot of people there enjoying themselves. Not and, so good for your liver, things. though. No, so. and we're celebrating success, which is good. Another, another string to your bow is being president of ADAM as well, uh, obviously the support for practice managers. Um, how has that developed over the years? Because I kind of almost see that kind of developing alongside your career in many ways, because obviously empowering yeah. practice managers is a, mm. is a big part of, of, of that organisation.
2: Yeah, I think um so that kind of came about um I don't even know when it came about now maybe about 2014 2015 um I also at that time won quite a few practice manager awards that kind of thing and I got approached um to see if I'd wanted to get involved in the Practice Managers Association. So going back to what I was saying earlier about I started as a practice manager you know in my early 20s um, I reached out for what was BDPMA, British Dental Practice Oh,
3: Management yeah, I remember here. that. Yeah. Yeah. At the yeah, time. That name. Yeah, yeah, and
2: yeah. they were lovely. But I was kind of looked at as a, and who are you and why do you think you can do this? Oh, that's interesting. And I didn't know, you know. And I just didn't feel that there was support out there for people that are just starting off and age shouldn't be... a problem you know Mm. it's if you're doing it you're doing it kind of thing um experience does help (laughs) um but you know we all got to start somewhere um and i was very lucky with steve you know we made lots of mistakes together you know um and we learned how to do things right went on various courses with some really great people um sim goldblum and carl parnell lester I've forgotten his surname. Elman. Lister. No, Lister Elman. There was yeah. Elman. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I, many many years ago, did some bit actually business courses, dental business courses, with them, and they were so scary, but they were really good, um, and they taught me so much. Um, so I would got that opportunity. So when the Practice Managers Association become Adam a few years before I got involved with it, they wanted, they had the right idea because dental administrators can be compliance it can be Mm -hmm. um, reception managers there's so many different you know facets to it now um so i got involved and then all of a sudden i went to a show and got told that this is my inauguration excellent Um, i was like oh what am i doing so i become president and um that was a that was a messy night that was a very messy night, um, which actually more walls
0: law, law, left behind.
2: Think, yeah, so I think that night, so you, you all know Prem, Prem mm, Pal, Yeah, yeah. So it ended up in Prem Pal getting this German rapper to do a rap about my inauguration. With Interesting. Like, this is de- this is dentistry. This is our peculiarity. Um, so yeah, I become president and started trying to help other practice managers, you know, in a way that was non-judgy in a you know in the way that i didn't have it i suppose um Mm. and then it went from there and then people such as practice plan and other companies one started asking if i would do some speaking events and training events Mm -hmm. and then it went to dentists actually saying well could you come into my practice and it's like well you know obviously i can't do that as part of adam because you know adam is a um, non-for-profit organization and we do a lot with some really great sponsors. So I needed to sort of separate that out a little bit. Um, so yeah, practice management matters was um it basically happened by accident. And I developed a support program to go into practices and help them. I do individual tra- training days, but um mostly it's practice manager mentoring. I got well, called yeah. um Mary Poppins, <laughs> and then during COVID, it went to Nanny Mc. <laughs> it was a bit insulting, bit insulting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the idea is that I go in and I help put the systems in place, and you know keep a little eye on them. Mm. But I'm there as long as they need me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, was so it, yeah,
0: I'm going to say, Lisa, what what would you say? It is needed to be successful in your world because you've obviously had great success and you've worked with lots of practice managers and, and and brought them on as well what would you say the key ingredients are to be successful in your world
2: i think you've got to be confident because it's you know it's not mm. the easiest of mm. industries there's lots of lot of egos a lot of mm. very deserved egos to be perfectly honest mm. um so and undeserved egos you
3: know, yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> you quite often have um little bit of imposter syndrome you're like can i do this can i do this it's like yeah i can do this so i suppose confidence and actually having real experience gives you that confidence Mm. to be able to help other people um because it's it's in you isn't it it's not something that you're just reading about and Mm.
1: it's part of your dna yeah
2: Yeah. and i think just
1: like
0: so, you can't I go on a cor- you can't go on a course to learn resilience can you no. you, you need to kind of go or to, to learn well, people when you
2: say that yeah. funny you should say that <laughs> i've got one next year about that but yeah it's it's very relatable to practice yeah. management um but yeah i think it's just being just trying to be really decent to people mm. and not just within your teams but actually in in the whole industry help people not for any game for yourself mm. and mm. it kind of you know, just grows from there, really. Mm. It's not all about money. It's not all about, you know, it is. My thing was I wanted to help people in the way Mm. that I hadn't had that help when I started out as a practice manager.
0: Yeah, yeah. Talking to helping people, we said at the very beginning that you've got um, mates who are ex-SAS soldiers and you run training days with these ex-Special Forces guys. Is that linked to dentistry in any way? How did it come about? What do you Uh do? There's so yeah. many questions on that. How you, what, what's all that about?
2: It, yeah, it's a bit odd. I think. can't actually, tell you, I should I'm have to actually, kill you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually um, going out for a curry with them on Friday night at BACD. <laughs> um, yeah, so I got introduced. So for many people will probably have heard of Ian Hutchinson. Ian hmm. is a specialist orthodontist. Yeah. Ian was also a dentist that was in the papers and on the news because he had a unfortunate patient that was stalking him for three years Hmm. um was found outside his house with crossbow up car chloroform a book of what he'd been doing for three years just your worst nightmare and it was an ex-patient that wasn't happy so make sure you deal with them complaints properly
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah one extreme (laughs) to another i I like the
0: understatement it wasn't wasn't happy (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, customers, so old. but anyway, yeah. So, Ian Clear. Ian had obviously had a really difficult time, yeah. with that situation. And Ian, um, started um went to um, it's called Stoic Events, um, Stoic Events, Stoic Events, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, and it's two guys called Paddy Vaughan and Colin McLaughlin. So, Colin was one of the guys that was the original Who Dares Wins, right? Huh. The telly, um. And then they, oh, I didn't really know what to expect, but Ian had got involved with them and could see the links between, you know, um, special forces and uh, dental practices, and especially with what he's been through, it's like yeah. how how are we supposed to be resilient when we feel battered quite mm. a lot? Um, so I originally went on the course with Steve, my um, principal from the practice, um, and we turned up in a room of. I think it was Manchester somewhere. We turned up in a room. There was about 15 dentists and me. Um, and you could feel the tension in the room. It's like, what? we None of us know. Are we going to be made to, like, you know, do press-ups? Or, we didn't really know. I I had checked and they assured me that it didn't involve that. There was no before. hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, So in walks P- Paddy and Colin and the presence you know is it's pretty pretty real to be honest you kind of like oh. anyway we we started talking about it was talking about conflict so conflict that we can relate to within our teams not obviously on the battlefield but mm. practices you know and teams have a lot of conflict with patients conflict with um teams but quite often you know it's it's also then applied to things like patient objections over treatment plans yeah um so it's working out a lot of emotional intelligence
3: mm-hmm. so
2: the day was great and it was also they did do some they took all our phones off us at one point and we did talk about things that you know they would experienced which was really interesting as well mm-hmm. but it was actually trying to get in our heads it was basically start feeling uncomfortable being uncomfortable how do you mm. do that
3: yeah
2: you know an awkward conversation with a patient you know or how do you you know discipline someone without kind of wanted to die inside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started talking at that point and realized that there was so many um, ways that we can transfer those skills, whether it's, um, you know, for me, it's they describe things as they have a mission, you know, and they, what's more important, the planning um, and the preparation and um, the actual mission or the debrief, you know, hostage situation, which one of those is most important and to be honest you're kind of like well which is it Mm -hmm. and it's actually it's the doing Mm -hmm. because you know a debrief and a planning the hostage is still there you know um and it just completely changed the way i i looked at things and thought about things um so we just yeah it went from there really so sort of hutch and colin and paddy we we then gone on to talk about these other courses that we want to do and they do do some physical courses you can visit them up in in inverness i think they are um and have team training days but it's the value of what's in your head and i think what what kind of it was like penny drop situations you know Mm -hmm. um so i was there with my principal and we were talking about iq versus eq Mm -hmm. so a lot of dentists are very very intelligent um they've always had this pathway to follow with education and you know even becoming dentist they've got the cpd mm. you know that kind of thing so that actually that part of their brain takes over more of their emotional intelligence than it probably should mm.
3: so yeah. quite
2: often what you find is that they need a practice manager to be the ah oh, right yes what mm. that's very good you know when you're dealing with a patient complaint a dentist will go in and go in into all the intricacies about the treatment and da 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 da.
3: Mm.
2: Whereas somebody with more emotional intelligence will actually go right. What does the patient want here? Oh, what so do what's they the need feel? Yeah, yeah. How what's do we put,
0: how do we put it right? Yeah.
2: Exactly. You know, um, or you know, if you're marketing, a dentist might go, well, "We've got this scanner," and da 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 da. Whereas Means the nothing.
1: <laughs>
0: practice
2: manager will be like, "We're selling, you know, treatments. We want to get across how they're going to yeah, feel." Yeah. We don't yeah. care what the process is. Yeah, What's the so patient having, benefit
0: of us having that piece of kit as yeah. opposed to going on about the technicalities? Yeah, or yeah.
1: Well, you might yeah. be in a park but, at a practice. And this yeah. is the thing,
2: you know, and one thing that we've done a lot in our practice is a lot of training on, on profiling. So trying to profile the team and patients. So, you know, um, what kind of personalities are within our teams? Is it dominant people? Mm. You know, I'm sure everyone's heard about the DISC. Profiling, yeah. um, but also matching patients with the right dentist based on that mm. as well. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: you know, and it, I'm not saying that, you know, like Steve's quite, you know, Steve's um, quite a direct person. He's, you know, I want this done, need it then, you know, very, very straightforward as I am. But we know sometimes when we're talking to someone that needs detail that we have to adjust ourselves. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. it's the same with patients and take up of treatments. You know, mm. this patient, if they are quite a nervous patient or, you know, very cautious about spending money or nervous about treatment of anything, we know that you have to modify your behaviour. And mm. it's the same with the team. You know, you it's have true. to be different yeah, things to different mm. people, don't you? And I think yeah. that's what brings the team. Mm.
0: I think Together. they're really, really, valuable lessons from a from a, a background and experience. It isn't got much of an obvious crossover into the dentistry.
1: They're life skills, aren't they? Yeah, they're life skills. Yeah,
2: yeah and and the courses that you know, um, Paddy and Colin run—they're actually at the BACD um, offering profiling, um, and they do it. I know we've got we've got practice boot camps, you know, um, planned for next year where we want the whole teams to come along and mm. have their own. You know, it won't be a, everyone, you know, this is what you're going to, you know, mm. this is what you you all need to learn. It'll be dentist doing the dentisty thing, mm. you know, sitting there doing role play. Um, <laughs> yeah, when you do role play with somebody like Paddy, you kind of just want to like <laughs> crawl under the table. Um, he's fantastic. And he does put you in a very uncomfortable position. Mm. Um, but I know... I remember the first time I did one of their day courses, a really lovely dentist come and sat next to me and he said, you don't know me, but I know you. And I feel comfortable sat next to you because I'm scared. I'm like, okay, thinking, right, that's fine. And you could see throughout the day how uncomfortable he was to the Hmm. point where you almost thought you might cry. Um, Honestly, um, and as the day went on, you could see his confidence building and at the end, it was like, oh, my God, you he was a different person. Mm. And oh, he what just a powerful said, day. It was a really powerful yeah. day. And it, it changed. It changed a lot for me. And I know that most people in that room as well. Mm. Um, sounds
1: like a bank sales course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It sounds great. It, I mean, I'm actually,
0: I'm, I'm down on Friday to the BACD. So, oh, i so I'd love to meet the guys. They sound like uh, an interesting couple of guys. Make sure you like yeah. wear
1: a balaclava or
0: something, yeah, so they true. can't see you. Yeah, they, they, they sound terrifying, but perhaps I'll, I'll put on my big boy pants that day. Do you know what? They'll
2: kill me for saying this. They're absolute softies when you get to
1: know them, but... They can still kill you.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa, it's been it's been wonderful. Uh, it's the stories crash you've in got, the, in the, the experience you've got, <laughs> ev- everything. It's it, like I say, I think there's That's so really many good. learnings in there for people. Um, so thank you for your your time. Uh, we wrap up in the same way. We always ask our guests the same two questions. So the the first question we've got for you is if you could be a fly on the wall with somebody in a certain situation, when, what would, and, that when that situation and where would that
2: situation be? be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know? I- forgotten that you were going to ask me this and i was just i was asking some of the girls before and then i think we were talking about maybe the palace you know to get the actual gossip of what's going on mm. you oh, know.
1: okay interesting
2: now that you know um the queen's not there you know how's charles managing that it's not the most exciting but God, how interesting would that be mm. is it um, really
1: like the crown yeah
2: it's like you know yeah exactly you know it's like you know do the royals burp do they
0: you know it's kind of those real silly <laughs> things that you kind of like would love to know what's <laughs> like on a Sunday afternoon they say right, who wants to game with hide and seek go 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 and
1: hide four hours
0: no, later 186 like... rooms later or something <laughs> or do they go right
2: quiet
1: now because Emmerdale's
0: on yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess I guess they are at a base level they are just people they're they're sheepers, are just aren't they are a family yeah. aren't they I'm sure a lot of what they do is, is quite mundane and the same sort of things as we do it's probably how
1: they belch
3: that's right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure somebody belches.
0: <laughs> before, somebody belches for the king. Yeah, sorry, somebody, Gives yeah. them a pat on the back.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done.
0: <laughs> and our and our follow up is if you could meet somebody, if you were given the opportunity to sit down and have, I was going to say a cup of coffee, but it might be a glass of wine with somebody. Who would you like to? Who would you like to meet?
2: I was thinking about this and. Oh. I was thinking Elvis might be pretty good actually, because I just watched that film last week, the new one. Oh, supposed to be very, very good, Hank that film, sweet. isn't it? Oh, Colonel, amazing. Colonel Tom Parker. Abs- yeah. yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. So uh, it would be Elvis. But one um one of the things one of my girls said was, Well, it'd be the Queen. And, you know, it'd be lovely to ask her if she enjoyed her send-off. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay, interesting.
0: Interesting.
2: And I just, I just, one of the others went. That's really offensive. And I'm like, is it offensive? I'm like, I don't think it's offensive. I, well, it's but, a nice stand-up. But, but, but I see, I see the uh, point and she's dead.
0: because actually, she, she also designed it all herself. She exactly. was involved in mm. all of the details. So there would be a point <laughs> that kind of says she designed it and did, did they it execute
1: it in the way that yeah. she hoped uh, it
0: to uh, be uh, done? So I can see exactly. that exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm sure
1: actually yeah. a lot of people when they when they did. Oh no, that's wrong. That's just gonna work. Uh, they would like to see how their funerals went. I'd have thought. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I'd have thought a lot of people think. Oh, yeah. I wonder like did like a hundred people or like four turn up? What? <laughs> did what did people say? I, I bet there's a lot of people. If you ask that question, I yeah. bet a lot of people would go. Actually, it'd be really quite nice if I could. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's almost like the people who say, oh, "I'm gonna have my funeral before I'm dead." Yeah. Well, <laughs> so then, people can then, you say know, nice usually, things.
2: Like whoever's the most sad is the ones you'll leave the most money to, maybe.
3: Yeah, hmm, yeah. yeah
2: and the ones that really don't care you kind of like right well
0: tough get yeah, nothing. yeah, <laughs> yeah a, little sl- a little sliding scale based on yeah 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 who got upset most another 20 quid today well done yeah oh, very, oh good good Lisa it's been it's been it's been a joy it's been an absolute it's joy been brilliant, oh, thank thank you're you a massive character you've got great great stories and we wish you ongoing success because like I say you're, you're doing me. a great job and I think for practice managers across the country I think they all the culture and take a lot of energy and, and confidence and the work you do so i think you could fun. learn learn yeah. so much absolutely thank you lovely and uh all being well hopefully i'll see you on friday then which will be yes nice. definitely cool cheers, cheers lisa lovely
1: cheers lisa. Look Bye. After
0: thank you for listening to this episode of dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram